Uh, but we're going to, we're not going to start here, but we're going to get there in a little bit at Psalm 46. So Psalm 46. So you can go ahead and turn there, and then uh, I'll catch up with you. So next Sunday is Christmas Eve. How are you feeling about that? Anybody ready for that? Levels of excitement and uh, maybe anticipation. There was, um, this, this season of Advent is a lot about like waiting expectantly and hoping expectantly. And I had, I've had numerous things like that over the last couple of weeks where I find myself just like waiting in sort of expectation. Uh, one of them was the other night. Did anybody stay up late and watch the meteor shower? Did anybody see this? So my, I didn't even know it was happening until my sister sent like a, a group text to our family and just said, hey, there's, it was one of those like rarely clear nights, you know, in, in northeastern Ohio where just no clouds at all. Uh, what night was it? Do you remember what night it was? Like Thursday, Friday night, maybe? And we're, we, we went outside like 10.30, and between 10.30 and 11 o'clock, we probably saw 25 shooting stars, like meteorites. It's so cool. And, and I found myself like laying there just like waiting, like because I don't want to blink because the next moment could be, you know, the coolest one of the whole night. And, and I just uh, became aware, like, this is what Advent does in us. It just, like, God could you show up anywhere. Like, God could break into our lives at any moment, in any way. And so we're waiting uh, with e- expectation, anticipation. So uh, this morning, we realized, like, what we're waiting for is God's peace. And we're talking about peace today. Um, his peace breaking into our lives Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, this was the, the text that, that Miriam read for us as we lit this candle of peace, and it's, it's from the prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years before Jesus, and it, he looks ahead, God inspires him, and he says this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. Like, so, so one of the, the names for who we know as Jesus, right, is the Prince of Peace. This is what he, this is who he is and what he does. He's a prince that brings peace into our lives. Jesus, uh, in John 16, he actually says this. So these are the words of the Prince of Peace. And this is toward the end of his life, like right before as everything is kind of building, um, the opposition against him is building, and he knows he's going to go to the cross and give his life. Uh, and here's what he tells his disciples. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Now, I don't like that Jesus said that very much. But this is what he says. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Do you know what I wish Jesus would have said here? Hey, in me you won't have any trouble. Your car will stay on the road all the time. Right? Or... You, you won't get sick, or you won't have problems. Like, in me, you will have a trouble-free existence. That's what I really wish Jesus would have said. But he didn't. He said, in this world, like, you're going to have trouble. This world is a troubling place. Just is. Uh, in fact, there's a, another um, encouraging, kind of not encouraging thing Jesus says in Matthew 6, where... Um, he, you know, he's, he's telling us, his disciples, he's like, don't worry. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about things. And he says this, don't worry about tomorrow because, and do you know what I wish Jesus would say? Because you have nothing to worry about for tomorrow. I mean, that would be great, right? And what does Jesus say? Tomorrow will worry about itself. Every day has enough trouble on its own. 
what in the world is Jesus talking about? Like, in this world, you're guaranteed to have trouble. You're going to have trouble because this world is a troublesome place. And by the way, don't worry about tomorrow because there's enough trouble today. And tomorrow will have enough trouble on its own. Who, like, this is the reality of, of life. So I'm curious, like, what troubles are you facing today? Like, what do, you, what do you come into worship with? What are the troubles that you're carrying with you? And maybe it's like a burden that you're, you're kind of bringing into this, into this place. And, when, okay, we're talking about hope and joy and peace, but, but really, like, if you're really honest about what's going on inside, it's like, it's trouble. There's trouble in your heart. And the good news is, of what Jesus is, is teaching us, what Isaiah teaches, what Jesus teaches, is that um, Jesus never leaves us alone to face trouble by ourselves. When you find yourself in times of trouble, it is not Mother Mary who comes to you, right? It is the Prince of Peace. When you find yourself, and, and you might say, like, I, I feel like I'm overcome with trouble, there is good news because Jesus says, I am with you, and it is in him that you have peace, and he is the one, the Prince of Peace, who has overcome the world of trouble, right? This is the reality and the promise. Where is peace found? What does Jesus say? Where, where is peace found? In him. So if we want peace, peace is found in him, in his presence, because he is the Prince of Peace who has overcome the world. Uh, peace is not something that Jesus gives us like a, a present. It's not an item that he, he gives us to, to unwrap and to sort of have. Peace, just like hope and joy, they're only found being with him, in his presence, in him is where we find peace, because he is the Prince of Peace. I hope you're catching a theme to this. Like, sometimes we want Jesus to give us things. Like, hey, Jesus, I just need you to give me some hope. I need you to give me some joy. I need, today, I, I need some peace in my life, Jesus, because I'm in the middle of trouble. And Jesus doesn't give you peace. He gives you himself. He gives you access to himself because it's in him, the Prince of Peace, that we have peace. And, and then the, the amazing thing is that Jesus invites us to partner with him to experience that. So our only role is to show up, is to say, Jesus, like I'm bringing my whole self into your presence. Whatever trouble I'm facing, whatever fears I have, whatever anxieties, whatever chaos is around me in my life, Jesus, I am showing up believing that you want to meet with me. We partner with him to, to bring ourselves into his presence. And I think that's why you're here today, isn't it? It's to meet with Jesus, right? to encounter him, to, like, to experience life with God. I think just our presence here this morning, choosing to gather is like this sign that this is what we want, whether you could articulate that or not. Whether like you're a part of the LifeBridge family and you're, you're normally here, or whether you're just visiting here this morning, I think just like being here is a sign that we want the peace that Jesus is, the peace that he brings. He wants to ignite this flame of peace in our hearts. And he wants to do it, I think, this morning. So is there peace in your heart today? Like, if you were, if you were just going to, like, take inventory of, of your heart, is your inner world at peace? Is there a flame of peace burning within you? Do you feel it today? Or even as we're sitting here, do you find yourself thinking about something else? You ever do that? Carmen and I, we uh, sometimes will be having a conversation or, 
you know, like whatever, we're, we're spending time together, and one of us will look at the other one, and we'll just ask, where are you right now? And not in like a, a mean way, but just like, because you know that look we get sometimes where we're just kind of like a little bit dazed, a little far off, where it's like, well, where am I? I'm sitting right here. We're talking to each other, but where am I really? It's like, I'm a, a million miles away. I'm thinking about lunch. I'm thinking about that to-do list, that email I have to send. Do you know what this, you know what this is like, right? And so we can be physically here, and like we can be like, I look like I'm at peace, but my inner world is spinning. My head is spinning. I'm like, I have chaos inside of me. So how is that for you this morning? I think what, what God wants to do is he wants to, he, he wants to give us that, that peace inside. Now, I don't, I, like, I don't say this as somebody who has this mastered. Um, and I've become very aware of that over the last year. Because, like, my internal engine can be running at red line, and I don't look like it on the outside. I'm, like, I'm learning to know this about myself. I had shingles as a 41-year-old man in June. And it's like, what? Like, I don't even know you can get shingles at 41. Um, like, you watch all those, you know, those medication commercials, and like, if you're over 50, see your doctor about a shingles vaccine. And here I'm, 41-year-old, like, well, okay, uh, shingles often come from carrying stress, so they say. For me, it wasn't that. It was just a random occurrence, I think. It's like, so maybe, maybe I carry, like, my inner world is not as at peace as I wish it was, or I think it was. I had some heart issues a couple of months ago, and it, these are all just signs that are just kind of like these dashboard lights. They're like, okay, Lord, you have something to teach me about peace, that I think you want to light a flame of, of peace in my heart. And so I come to this along with you as, as somebody who's learning to say like, okay, I, I am not experiencing the fullness of peace that Jesus wants for me. And I know that in him there is peace, and so we come together to learn and to, to receive the peace that he is, the peace that he brings us. How are we doing? All right, Psalm 46. Let's look at Psalm 46. This, is one of my, this, this psalm over the last probably, probably 10 years has been just a refuge of peace for me. Uh, so, so good. And so I'm so excited to, to just kind of talk through it together. Here it is, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. <clears throat> God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It's beautiful, isn't it? This is poetry, right? Do you know that about 25% of your Bible is written as poetry? Is that cool? 
Like, God's super cool, right? He doesn't just inspire one kind of writing. Like, God, he uses different abilities that people have, and he inspires poetry. And what is poetry? Like, poetry is like a metaphor that expresses how we feel on the inside. So, is the earth literally shaking and the mountains literally crumbling and falling into the heart of sea? Well, probably not. Like, but does it ever feel like that? Right? Do you, do you know what that feels like when it feels like everything is, is shaking? This psalm, it captures what it feels like when it feels like everything is falling apart. Do you have a reference point for that? Where it's just like, man, my life is like spinning out of control and everything is falling apart and things are coming apart at the seams. That's what this psalm is getting at. That's, it's coming from a heart of a person who is feeling like everything is out of control that the earth is quaking, the mountains are shaking, the sea is surging, the nations are in uproar, our pets' heads are falling off. It is all, you guys, is that a Dumb and Dumber reference? You guys don't know Dumb and Dumber? Okay, never mind. So um, it's, it's like, man, everything is just spiraling into chaos. How deep does this thing go? God's word in the middle of that, if this is how you've ever felt, or maybe this is how you feel today, God's word gives us a lifeline, that there is a lifeline of refuge, of peace that is available to us. So where does the chaos come from in life? Like this psalm references uh, chaos. And there are two sources of chaos that the psalm talks about. The first one is just in the world, in creation. There is chaos of living in this world. This world is a troublesome place. Um, and there are things that are outside of our control, chaos in creation. Look at what verses 2 and 3 say. It's like the earth is giving way, the mountains are falling into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Have you ever felt like that? Has it ever felt like some, everything is just like shifting under your feet and the world is coming undone? Uh, jump me a little bit there. Um, so as modern people, oh, oh, there we go. Uh, as modern people, we like to think that we have control over creation. It's like we can, we, we run our air through machines that take the humidity out or put humidity into it, that, that make the air exactly the right temperature to make us most comfortable. I mean, think about how we talk about that. We talk about climate control. I have control over the climate of my environment. This is my world, like in our house or whatever. And so as modern people, we often feel insulated. We feel like we have like sort of mastery over the world around us. We drive around in our little climate-controlled cars, and it can be like 72 on one side and 68 on the other side, all the while it's like 35 degrees outside. Are you with me? Like we, we feel, it can make us feel like we're the ones in charge. Um, and, and we have all of these things that are to our advantage where we have, like, we have tamed the powers of nature. But this is why it, we often have these moments where, like, we're confronted as modern people, where we're confronted with, like, wild creation, right? Where, here we go. So you go to a national park and you get out of your climate-controlled vehicle and you walk up to this animal that you think, oh, wow, this is great, this might be tame. And you find out this is a wild animal. This is a problem, Right? Um, and so sometimes we have those moments in life where it's like we're not so in control like we thought we were. Where, um, where, where creation itself, it just like interrupts our life where there are storms or tornadoes or floods or earthquakes or wildfires. 
And, and it's just like, we can't control it. We're just at its mercy. Where there are sicknesses, where there are diseases, there's cancer, and there are viruses. And it can feel so disorienting when just like this, when, when creation, just the way the world works, brings trouble into our life and it's disorienting to us and we realize that we are not in control after all. So this is one of the sources of chaos. It's just like Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. And it comes from just this, this world as it is. Um, and so that's one source. Like maybe, maybe some of us feel that chaos in our life is coming from just the created world. But the second one is nations. Um, chaos in the nations. Nations are an uproar and kingdoms fall, is what the psalm says. So like the, the tiny little nation of Israel, if you, if you kind of know where Israel is on the map. Um, God called his people and he placed them in like this very unique location. And in the location where they were, they were surrounded by these massive superpowers, like these, these countries with huge armies and, and uh, military presence. And so to the north of Israel was like what was called the Fertile Crescent. And so you had these ancient civilizations like Babylon and, and then Assyria and, and like just way bigger than Israel was, much more powerful. And then to the south of Israel, it wasn't, it wasn't those nations to the north. They had Egypt, like, again, this massive superpower. And so here's this tiny little nation sandwiched between these, these ancient superpowers. And so the Israelites always felt anxious. Like at any moment, like one of these big nations could just sweep down from the north, like they did, and, and just kind of wipe them out if God wasn't protecting them. Or Egypt might just come up from the south and wipe them out. And so they just like, nations are always an uproar. Kingdoms rising. Kingdoms falling. They're, they're vulnerable. Nations going to war against each other. But that was then. I'm so glad we live in a world where that doesn't happen anymore. Where nations are at peace. And there's no chaos, right? How about today? Are nations in uproar? Does that cause anybody any kind of trouble? Like, I mean, think of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine or our brothers and sisters either in Israel or Gaza, right? I mean, there's, whew, there are nations around the world today that, that are in uproar. Um, and it, it causes pain. And that's especially problematic. It's especially problematic because we often turn to our nation, like our nation state, to bring us peace. Because, okay, this world is a troublesome place, right? And there's forces of nature that ooh, we can't control. And so we tell ourselves things like, well, if we can just build borders that are strong enough, then we'll have peace. If we can just create a food supply that's robust enough, we'll have peace. If we can just create an economy that's wealthy enough, we'll have peace. If we can just have a military that is powerful enough, we'll have peace. But nations, they're in uproar, and kingdoms are going to rise, and kingdoms are going to fall. And if we're looking to the nations to bring us peace, what is going to happen when they shake and fall? Then our peace is going to shake and fall with them. That this is what the psalm teaches us. That this is one of the sources of trouble in the world. Now, this is an election year. We're like, we're turning the corner. We're coming into an election year, right? And uh, so we, we feel this, right? We feel the like, the tension. I was talking to somebody just this last week. He said, oh, I'm kind of nervous about like an election year because like the last one didn't go so well, like for the church, right? Like just the, the way that the church, um, and I, I'm not just talking about life bridge. I'm talking about like the church, 
um, we, we finding ways to be able to talk to each other and to, to keep unity of the Spirit and the bonds of peace through the middle of an election year. And so one of the things we realize, like, going into this year is, like, there's probably no greater oxymoron than political party. Right? It doesn't feel like much, much of a party. And so maybe there's, like, this sense of, of, of anxiety within us going into this. And if our security and if our peace comes from a nation or a, a particular agenda or a political party, we're going to rise or fall with it. We're, we're going to shake right along with it. But Jesus invites us into something else. How can we live as people of peace in a time of chaos? How do we do this when everything else around us is shaking? And so this psalm, it, it exposes those sources of chaos, and then it gives us just like three beautiful promises of peace. And the first one is that we can experience the peace of God. The peace of God. Three times in this psalm, the word refuge or fortress is used. Is that cool? Like God is our refuge and fortress. Like this strong place where you can go and experience peace. God is our refuge and fortress. Nothing else is. Like, like not our mastery over creation. Not the nation we live in. It doesn't matter where we live in the world. God is our refuge and our fortress. He is a safe place from the chaos of life. The message of this psalm is so clear that while chaos is churning all around us, God is present and he is, he is in charge and he is fully capable of providing shelter for his people. Is that good news? Is that good news? There's a source of peace. And it's God, and he is our refuge and our fortress. Um, now, lots of us, like, we think about peace as, like, there's no disturbance in your life. Like, you know, if I could just get all of the chaos out of my life, and I could just find peace and tranquility, that's what peace would be for me. And so if you're just going to Google, like, how does the culture think about peace? It's something like this. It's like, I'm going to sit by still waters doing, you know, yoga, and I'm just going to, like, everything is going to be tranquil and peaceful in my life, and it's going to be great. That's what peace is like, and yet, this is what our life looks like. Much more closely, probably, next slide. There we go, right? Probably life looks a little more chaotic than that, and so if we had this image of peace of, like, saying, oh, I just need to get all the chaos out of, this is actually Carmen and I uh, from a couple years ago. It's not, actually. Um, the, the more you look at it, the funnier it gets, actually. And so if you live with this idea that it's like, well, I just need to get rid of all the chaos in my life, and if I could just get into an environment that is full of peace, then I will have peace on the, on the inside, right? It's, it's get the peace on the outside first, escape all the chaos, and then you'll have peace on the inside. And this just is not true. It's not true. In fact, sometimes we can be in the most peaceful environment, and we still feel chaotic on the inside. Right? Have you ever been in that place? Like, oh, I'm in this peaceful place and I still can't turn off the, the, the tension in my own heart. Peace is the presence of God in the midst of whatever the chaos of our life is like. I mean, that's the promise. You don't have to control your outer environment because peace is available to you right now. Think about the Christmas story. It's chaos everywhere. It's a census, Caesar issues a census and oh, okay now you got to travel doesn't matter if you're nine months pregnant or not you got to travel and so here are Mary and Joseph and they're traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem which you know is, is miserable I'm sure and then they get there and there's no room available for them and I realize we know how the story turns out but I think about Joseph like being like he's wanting to take care of his family and he's like trying to make arrangements and he's hitting dead end after dead end and it's like God like I saw the angel the angel appeared to me and promised like you're going to be with us and where are we going to go? I mean, you feel the chaos in that? And Mary's like, 
baby's coming. Like, I can't, you know, the, the chaos of this story. And so they end up just making some makeshift accommodations with the animals, and the prince of peace is born in the middle of chaos. I think that's really good news. Because the prince of peace comes to us in the middle of our chaos. When everything feels like it's falling apart, when it feels like the chaos is going to swallow us up, the Prince of Peace is a refuge available to us. Will you receive it today? How do we access it, this peace, this peace of God? How do we do that? Philippians 4, the New Testament picks up on this theme, and Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this. Here's how we access it. Don't be anxious about anything, but, now it doesn't just stop there, it just says, hey, stop it. Don't be anxious. That's not what the text says. Don't be anxious about anything, but here's something else to do when you feel anxious. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends, goes beyond all understanding, it will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. So, um, this, is, this has been such a helpful practice for me, is like when I start to feel like my internal sort of engine is running at redline, or I start to feel the chaos in my own heart, or when I just feel like I'm, my life is out of control, is, is I'll make a list. Like you just get a, get a notepad or whatever and, and write down what is stressing me out. What are the anxieties? What are the fears? What are the problems? What's the trouble in my life? And write them down. Because naming it has a way of taming it. Right, write it down and be honest. Like, be as completely honest and transparent because God cannot transform the you you're pretending to be. He can only transform us in our honesty. And so we write down this list of like, God, I'm, I'm stressed about this. I'm worried about this. I think I'm feeling a little more um, burdensome on this thing than I, than I wish I was. And you just like, you name it and then you pray it. Okay, God, like, here it is. Because... Um, we, we release it to God, like praying it, naming it to God. It, it is this way of opening our hands up and saying, God, I don't, like, don't want to carry this. And as we do that, as we release these things, um, we ask God to fill us with his presence, to fill us with, to take these burdens and fill us with his peace. And this is a very simple practice of naming it, of praying it to God, releasing the things that we're feeling, and asking God to fill us with peace. And so many times in my life, God uses this to just transform like what I'm feeling um, from, from chaos and anxiety into, into the peace of his presence. God's peace is available to you anywhere. doesn't matter what the chaos of your life is like. Do you know where the Apostle Paul wrote these words? He's in prison. Just a dude sitting in a jail cell that he would never get out of, by the way. I mean, he, it cost him his life being a... a ambassador of the kingdom of God. And, he, and here he says, like, the peace of God is available to you. And it transcends all understanding. People don't understand it. They won't, they won't get it. But it is available to you. And Christian history is, is witness to this. Men and women of faith who bear this flame of peace in the middle of the chaos of their lives. Um, peace. Peace um, of God is available to us. Um, and then lastly, let's jump let's jump to slide 25, is peace with God. Peace with God. Like God says in this psalm, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And, and this is like, this is such good news 
Because like this, this psalm is spoken to, to nations that are in uproar, rising and falling, um, taking out their, their vengeance on each other. It's like, you know, warfare. And God speaks and he says, be still. And the best definition of be still is just like stop fighting. Like stop, stop fighting. And so like God wants to transform those conflicts, like human conflicts and stuff. But some of us, like our fight is actually with God. And, and we're resisting just God's presence in our life. That it's not that we're fighting against other people, we're joining in those conflicts, but we're actually fighting against God. And so God's words to us are like, be still and know that I am God. And maybe, like, maybe today, like part of the reason we, like, if we're honest, we don't have that flame of hope in our life is that you're just resisting the presence of God. That, that you're not at peace because you're still just trying to run your own life. That you want to be in charge and have say-so of your own life. And you've never released control. Like you've never just surrendered to him. And his invitation is to be still, to stop, to stop resisting, to, to stop fighting him, and to know that he is God, to let God be God in your life. To release control of your life and to relax into his presence. What would that look like for you today? To just like, maybe, maybe you're white knuckling and you're trying to steer your way out, right, of this, this axe. I'll keep using Jay's example, right? Of just like, I, I should be able to control this thing. And what if, what if the invitation today is to release control and to relax into his presence? To welcome him as the Prince of Peace into your life. Jesus, again, John 16, 33, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace in this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is the one who has overcome the world. You can trust him. Right? You, you can trust him to be the prince of peace in your life. He's the prince of peace who was born into chaos. He's the prince of peace who walked through this world of chaos, bearing a flame of peace. He's the prince of peace who actually went to the cross to make peace between human beings and God, this Prince of Peace walked out of the tomb on that first Easter Sunday morning and he appears to his disciples. And do you know what the first words he says to his disciples are on that resurrection Sunday morning? Peace be with you. Do you know why? Because Jesus was with them. I mean, he's the Prince of Peace. He has overcome the world. He is the resurrected King of heaven and earth. You can, you can trust him. That God is the one who can bring peace into our chaos. Thomas Merton says it this way, we are not at peace with others because we're not at peace with ourselves. And we're not at peace with ourselves because we are not at peace with God. This is, this is where it all begins, is surrendering to God, receiving him as king, and allowing him to light this flame of peace in our hearts. So what does it look like for you to bear the flame of peace this week? Like We live in a world that is, is most of the time is in a frenzy. Like, right? It's just like people, our life is, is chaotic, many times unmanageable. The pace of life is out of control. And like, what would it look like for you to bear a flame of peace in the middle of that frenzied world? Because this is, like, I think this is part of the mission of the church. Um, one, one last scripture here is Jesus, when he, when he is sending his disciples out into the world, this is after the resurrection, 
Um, and he's commissioning them to carry on his mission. Here's the Prince of Peace who appears to them. And Jesus said to them, peace be with you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Like you, bearing a flame of peace in your heart is central to like, this is what you're sent to do. To move into a chaotic world, a world where there's trouble. There's trouble today, there's going to be trouble tomorrow, there's going to be trouble next week. And for you to bear a flame of peace in the middle of that, peace of God in your heart, because there's peace with God in your life. How, what would this look like for you to do this? To, to actually be used of God, to be sent by God into the places you live and work or learn and the place where you just go and you, you hang out with your friends and you play, but you're doing this and you're not getting caught up in the frenzy. You're not getting caught up in the chaos. You realize, like, Jesus, you have a flame of peace in my heart. Help me to, like, be aware of your presence, that in you I have peace and to, to be a peaceful presence in a frenzied, in a frenzied world. I think this is, this is what we're sent to do and I think... Um, I think it is good news. His, his good news, his gospel we sang about earlier is peace. It is peace. So maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe like, you, you just need to be aware of the, the peace of God that he's, he's sending you into the world with. Or maybe like just the invitation this morning is to have peace with God. Let's just respond to his invitation to say, like, Lord, I surrender to you. And, and Maybe there's just a part of your life that you're, you're still holding on to. That you, like, if I'm honest, I still want control of this thing. And the invitation today is to just, like, release control. To surrender control of your life. Maybe, again, there are sins that, like, we won't say so of our life in this way. And we kind of strategically, we, we just keep turning away from God. And the invitation to have peace with God is to turn from our sins and to turn to him so the times of refreshing can come from the Lord so that our sins can be wiped out and so that he can fill us with his peace. Maybe it's, it's holding out your hands and asking God today, the Prince of Peace, to meet you, to fill you with his peace. Let's, let's pray together. Jesus, I know that there is nothing I can say that can bring peace. That I have no power. That I have no words. That there's nothing that we can do to, to bring the deep peace that transcends all understanding into our hearts. But Jesus, we know that all you have to do is show up. That our peace is not found anywhere else, but it's found in you. And so, Jesus, we just ask that you would show up. We're here to, to meet with you, to, to draw close to you. And we know, Lord, that you want to meet with us. God, I, I ask that if there are any ways that we are just frenzied, where our life feels like we're in chaos, our life feels like it's spinning out of control and we can't manage it. Jesus, that you would just speak to us, speak to every one of our hearts, be still. Be still and know that I am God. Jesus, we receive your words and we surrender to you. We ask that you would light this flame of, of peace in our lives. 
Fill us. God, fill us as, as peacemakers, as ambassadors of your peaceful kingdom as we move into this world, especially in this Christmas season, that we would do it knowing that it is your flame and your peace that is burning in our hearts. Lord Jesus, we love you. You are the Prince of Peace who has overcome the world. And we pray this in your name.